Hi everyone and welcome to From the Hacks preview of the 2019 Tim Hortons Briar that will take place starting this weekend at Westoba Place in Brandon, Manitoba. In part one of our preview, we will focus our attention on Pool B and our guests will include Brendan Botcher of Team Botcher and Craig Savile of Team Epping who will meet in Friday's wildcard game. You will also hear from EJ Harnden of Team Northern Ontario, Kirk Myers of Team Saskatchewan and Reed Carruthers whose team will be the home team at this year's Briar representing Manitoba. All that and more in part one of our Briar preview but first, Canadian musician and non-curler extraordinaire Jimmy Reed plays us into the podcast. So before we get started, if you've ever wondered how they get those nice graphics into the ice at Grand Slams at the World Championships and at Nationals in Canada and the U.S., well, the answer is provided by Jedi's, whose in-ice graphics from Easy and Textile logos to the world-famous Jedi's Full House product are great ways for clubs to enhance the appearance of their ice and to generate much-needed additional sponsorship revenues. Easy and Textile logos are the industry standard for high-quality logos and they're a snap to install. Meanwhile, Jedi's customizable Full Houses are a relatively new way for clubs to grow sponsorship revenues by offering maximum brand recognition to those sponsors. No one can match Jedi's design services, quick turnaround times, and product quality, which is why Jedi's products are valued by major organizations such as Curling Canada, the World Curling Federation, USA Curling, and Sportsnet, who trust Jedi's to provide the products they require for their high-profile events. Jedi's. They bring ice to life. Arnold Ashen's passion for curling, along with his natural propensity to explore new ways to better the game, led him to a whole new world of product design. As a result, all Ashen Curling Supplies products are designed with the curler in mind. Ashen's patented ultralight RDS technology makes it possible to change and customize their slider with any combination of sliding discs. With equal resistance on all sides, the circular design that guarantees a straight slide. These circles have also been designed larger and with stabilizing bars from the outer unit sole to produce the most stable straight sliding shoe the world has ever seen. Go to www.asham.com for brooms, apparel, and revolutionary designed footwear. And if you're considering buying new curling shoes, you must consider the rotator sole. It's the sole of the future. Our preview begins with the wildcard game. Team Botcher has been one of the better teams all season on the World Curling Tour and in the Grand Slams, including winning their first Grand Slam title. They ran into a very hot Team Appleman at the Provincials and lost them twice, and ended up in a semi-final versus Team Cooey, which they lost. Thankfully for Team Botcher, they had played well enough this season to find themselves near the top of the CTRS rankings, which secured them a spot in the wildcard game. Brendan Botcher joined from the hack to discuss the wildcard game and the Briar. Brandon, your team seemed to play okay at Provincials, but lost twice to Ed Appleman and then to Kevin Cooey. Was it just one of those weeks for your team when you didn't get it rolling, or was it a case of running into a hot Appleman team, then having to play the number one team in the world in the semifinal, which is never an easy game, obviously? A little of all of those, I would say. No, I was just going to say, but honestly, um, the week wasn't our best. We've had a lot of really good weeks this year, and it's hard every week to sort of be at your peak and I felt like we did everything we needed to do um and we just came out a little bit flat we also ran into some some pretty tricky conditions I would say at Ellerslie which I think was pretty indicative of how both us and Cooey played early on in that week but a hundred percent props to Appleman because they were certainly the team to beat out there the whole week um they brought their A game and their A game worked perfect on that ice uh, right up until the end of that final game. So big props to them. They played great. Ted himself was making everything. 
and both times they beat us, they, they thoroughly beat us. So, you know, props to them. Your team played in a few smaller regional events this season that, that were played on club ice. Was that in part to help you get familiar with the conditions you might face at Provincials, which was played on club ice this season, or was it mostly to let your team work itself into the season a little more slowly than in previous years? A little of all of it again. Um, it was definitely convenient that our Provincial was going to be on club ice, and if we could play, play a couple club events, that might help a little bit. But also, it's the first year of a quad, uh, the first year of another long quad probably, and we made a decision, I made a decision, um, that we were going to go a little bit lighter this year and we weren't going to travel quite as far, uh, knowing that the next couple of years are probably going to be busy again. So uh, I thought it worked in a lot of ways. Um, I think we all had a little bit more home work curling balance than we'd had the previous couple of years. And I think that's part of why we're having the success we've had. Um, you know, I, I still feel like we played the same number of games as a lot of the top teams. We just played them a little bit closer to home. And we really picked and chose our spots when we wanted to travel. And, and when we were traveling, um, I think we really had that drive successful as opposed to every weekend having another one of those and them all sort of running together on you. So about this wildcard game, how do you approach a game like that? A one-game loser-leaf town that's being played on ice and with rocks that you're not going to be that familiar with. Typically, when you play an elimination game, you've played with those rocks and on that ice for a few days. Yeah, I mean, usually you're building from the start of the week and you're gaining familiarity and you're gaining some confidence and then you work up to playing your absolute best at the playoff weekend. And this is a little bit different. You have to come out of the gate hot. Uh, so I think you have to you have to practice a certain way and make some assumptions on what kind of ice you're going to get. And usually, first day of the Briar ice is is very curly. Um, so certainly, we'll be practicing as if that's what we're going to get. And otherwise, I think the key is just to remove some pressure from yourself. I mean, three years ago, uh, this wouldn't have been an option for us. We would have been we would have lost our provincials, we would have went home, we would have regrouped for six weeks and went back to play the players in Toronto. And I'm choosing to look at this that this is a, a huge opportunity for us, um, but it's not a, it's not really a live or die game. We'll go out there, we'll do our best. I, I think we stack up well against Epping. Um, but in a one-game situation, especially like you said, first game on that ice, first game with those rocks, really anything can happen. So I think you've got to relax a little bit, expect some misses, and just free yourself up to hopefully have a good game, and then you can regroup and try and get on a roll once you get into the main draw. Are you at least playing with rocks that your team will be familiar with? Did you play with them in any other event? I, I believe they're using the rocks from the Regina Briar. Okay. Uh, don't don't quote me on that, but um, you, didn't, you didn't hate you didn't hate those. No, those were those were okay. <laughs> Uh, but that said, they do fly us out a day and a half early. Um, so okay. we get some practice on Thursday. We also get some practice on Friday. We're only matching one sheet's worth of rocks. It should okay. be doable to do that in a couple of practices. Um, the biggest variable, I would say, is sometimes that first day green briar ice is tricky. Um, and it's hard to make a lot of a super finesse shot with a lot of consistency and accuracy. Um, so I think in, in some ways, if you can if you can 
dull your game a little bit. Just play more makeable shots sometimes and just make sure that you have a good understanding of what the outcome is going to be and where to put the broom and how to ice it and how to sweep it. And if you can just simplify a few of those more complicated shots, you should have more success in that first game of the event. Brendan, you reached the final at last year as a Briar. How much did that experience, both the final and the week in Regina, help you grow as a team and help you entering this season knowing what it takes to compete deep into the biggest events? Uh, yeah, I think it was huge. Um, I mean, the year before the Briar in Newfoundland, we had just been together as a team for a couple weeks. We really didn't have the week that we wanted to have. Really getting to the Briar was the success that year, and I really felt like last year we had something to prove. And we definitely did. We, we relaxed. We played well. We won a couple games late. Um, and those were all really good indications. And then this year we, we had a good fall. We made a slam final in Thunder Bay. We were on the cusp of making the playoffs to the Canada Cup. Again, it sort of felt like we were on the verge of breaking out, and then we had a, a great slam in North Battleford in January and were able to cap that one off with the win. Um, head into the Skins game, play well there again. So I really feel like that experience last year has given us some confidence and given us some, just some clarity that what we're doing and the approach we're taking to how we practice, how we train, how we compete is working, and we don't have to be searching for maybe the next thing or searching we're doing something wrong we just got to buckle down and really do it our way as good as we can and we know that that can compete with the very best the wildcard game will mean that you will have played in game conditions before anyone else should you make it to the main draw could that give you an edge early in a round robin particularly if you want to avoid an early loss like you suffered last year at the briar yeah, I mean, if you if you win that wild card game, I actually think it's an advantage. Um, you have that extra game on that ice. You have the extra familiarity in that building. You already have one of the more higher pressure games of the week sort of behind you and under your belt, and you get some confidence from that. And I think that's why you've seen over the last couple of years, both in the Briar and the Scotties, the wild card team can get on a little bit of a roll early in the week. So certainly that'll help. I. It's more psychology than anything else. You you have to find a way to love whatever situation you end up in. And I, the Briar or the Scotties is a long enough week that certainly you can afford to lose a game here or there. It's more about how your team's trending towards the end of the week. And finally, Brendan, what are going to be the keys for your team if you want to make it all the way back to the playoffs and then ultimately the final at this year's Briar and Brandon? I think we just need to relax. I think we need to do it our way. We need to not get overly worked up. We need to moderate the highs, moderate the lows. Just do it our way as, as good as we can. The other team in the wildcard game is Team Epping, who ran into a buzzsaw called Team McDonald at the Ontario Tanker, losing to them three times. Team Epping then had to sit and wait to see if Team Jacobs would win Northern Ontario, and when that happened, Epping was guaranteed a spot in the wildcard game. Craig Savile, the lead for Team Epping, joined us to discuss the wildcard game and this year's Briar. Craig, your team played relatively well at Provincials, but ran into a buzzsaw in Team McDonald. Aside from teams you've been on, have you ever seen a team get on that much of a roll at the Provincial Championship? Yeah, no, not uh, not the teams I haven't been on. Um, they played really well, and you you could tell they had a game plan going into uh, the provincials and each game, and they stuck with it. And you know, it looked like each player knew his role, and um, they just executed every time. And we, you know, we didn't play uh, our best. I, I wouldn't say we made a few mistakes, but man, did they ever pounce on those mistakes and, uh, and made us pay for them? 
The good news is that your team managed to uh, score one of the wildcard spots. Uh, how aware was your team of your CTRS position, and were you paying extra attention to what was happening in places like Alberta and elsewhere to get a gauge of where you fit into the wildcard uh, scenario if you happen not to win the Ontario Provincial? Yeah, we, um, yeah we're obviously paying attention. Uh, the bigger one was, I think, Northern Ontario. We're um, hoping Bush or... Um, I should say Jacobs would get out. Um, if he didn't get out of Northern Ontario, then we would have been in bigger trouble. Um, and then, uh, then so yeah, certainly after after he qualified, we knew we were in the uh, wild card game. And then, yeah, we we're just paying attention to Alberta. And, you know, really, it's a flip of the coin who you're going to play if it's Cooey or Botcher. And, um, you know, we didn't really have a preference and we knew – you know, whoever uh, we're going to play in the wild card game, the other team was going to be in the uh, the Briar, and we'd have to beat eventually as well. Now you get to play in a one-game playoff. Loser goes home on some green ice with rocks you may not know that well. How do you prepare for a one-off like that when typically you've had time to adjust to the ice and the rocks before playing in any kind of elimination game? Yeah, it's certainly interesting and, and hard to prepare for. Uh, certainly uh, what we've been doing for the last two weeks is we uh, have been preparing, assuming that we're going to be playing in the Briar. Um, and you know, knowing uh, knowing Botcher, we played him a few times this year, so we we know their game. We uh, we know basically we just have to play really well uh, if we're going to beat them. Uh, as far as rocks are are um, concerned, we we get about forty five minutes on that sheet to to match rocks. Uh, we also get choice of color, so uh, we'll go in and uh, we'll make sure we can map out the ice a little bit, uh, as well as um, get comfortable with the rocks uh, that we have i'm thinking the ice is going to be okay uh for our game um sometimes uh the ice makers are still adjusting things the first few draws but um there will be lots of uh rocks played on that sheet before we uh, before we get on so I, i'm going going with the assumption that the ice is going to be pretty good uh for when we start playing so I apologize if you've answered this question 6,000 times already this season, but how did it feel to be playing front end again with Brent Lang this season? Yeah, sure. Playing uh, with Brent again, it's, uh, it's very familiar. Um, you know, we haven't played together for four years, and, uh, you know, the, the guy hasn't changed except for maybe a few more uh, gray hairs, and that's it. Um, you know, it's uh, it's really easy. Uh, we're also really good friends uh, on and off the ice, so, uh, so our transition is uh, is easy, and um yeah it's it's fun being back out there i didn't think i was gonna uh play with him again uh in the competitive setting uh so it was pretty cool to uh to be back with him and make things easy with uh with john and matt they're two easygoing guys and um and same same philosophies as uh, as brett and i for curling so uh you know it made uh bring the foursome together easier and uh you know um you know having early success to to helps and that just shows that you know, we're all on the same page and uh, and same goals and same philosophy when it comes to, uh, to curling. Were you surprised at how quickly the four of you were able to mesh and how far removed do you believe the team is from really finding its groove? Um, you know what, we've, uh, it's interesting when teams, uh, when teams form for the first time, uh, you know, they've got a little bit of a learning curve. Uh, some teams get successful early and then they have a little bit of a drought and, uh, and teams don't normally start peaking till second, third, fourth year of playing together. Um, and I think we've seen that with our team. We've had a little success early. Uh, we've won a couple tournaments, including a slam. And uh, and then, but we've had uh, we, we had our struggles as well. We had a bit of a period where we weren't qualifying. 
Um, and those are the times that uh, are best times to to learn about the team and uh, and how to get better and, and how to figure it out, which we did. And, uh, you know, I think for a first-year team, we've been pretty successful. Um, and uh, and then it bodes well for the future of, uh, of our team. Um, I think we're only going to get better and stronger as the years go on. Tell me something about John Epping that surprised you once you became a teammate and got to know him a little bit better. You know, I've played against John uh, quite a bit, uh, and uh, you know, I've uh, I've known him for a long time as well. And so, I I don't think anything really surprised me per se. Um, but what what I do love with the guy is he he knows the game really well, um, studies it quite a bit. Which maybe one thing that I was I was shocked on how much um, he is uh, he dives into the sport, and if you know if it's the technical side or if it's uh, stat side or whatever it is. Um, and, uh, so he's, you know, when you, when you ask him about games or situations is really knowledgeable. And, um, I think he's great on, on both the, the strategy side and, uh, and then a really good teammate. He's, um, he's a guy that does not point fingers and, uh, will take a blame, uh, for a loss, even when it wasn't, uh, his fault or he played a great game. So, um, you know, that, that only helps. And that, what that does is that, uh, that creates a great team atmosphere when you have a guy at the, the top and uh and he's taking responsibility um it just makes everybody else take responsibility for themselves and elevate their game so um that's a great thing that i've seen so far and uh you know i'm sort of excited to play with him continuously like that and uh, uh looks good for us now if your team happens to win the wildcard game you'll be playing in your first briar in the two pool format john had a lot of success in that format last year at the briar and i'm wondering if you shared anything with you to help you with how he approached it last year so that you can best prepare yourself for this new format yeah sure actually uh yeah it's interesting john i uh just recently talked about um about the briar and the, and the new format and i think the big one is uh as you said the um how, how it's scheduled, you know, how it used to be at the Briar. Um, you, you might have some easier games in the later in the week. And, uh, and those games are huge. If, um, if you can get on a roll and you're playing some weaker teams at the end and uh, maybe you're only playing, you know, six, seven ends and uh, you can almost turn off your brain and it's, um, you know, mentally that's huge for such a long week. Um, it, it's just exhausting mentally being at the Briar. So, if you have a couple of those games late in the week, it's, it's nice to, be able to shut down your brain. And, um, you know, as we say, you get a, you know, a nice little free skate through, through a game. Um, but now with that format of playing, you know, getting in the championship round and playing four tough teams and all big games, um, knowing that maybe you can only lose one. Um, and, uh, and also back to back games, there's not much time between games. It's, um, exhausting both uh, both physically and, and mentally so it's uh, I think it's completely changed um, uh, the uh, the briar in that aspect and uh, the teams you know all teams are physically fit and uh, but the ones that are going to be able to stay mentally strong as well near the end of the week those are the guys that are going to make it into the playoffs and finally Craig I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how it feels to be headed back to the briar for the first time as a player since 2013 after everything you've been through since then yeah, it's amazing to be able to uh, have a chance to to get back into the briar. We're not quite in it yet, but um, yeah, after going through the the diagnosis and uh, and the chemo and stuff, and you know, I always 
thought that I would be uh, back curling again, but you just you never know with uh, with how curling works and uh, you know being being left out for a couple seasons and and trying to get back in there and you know as curling's just getting tougher and tougher uh, to get into the briar and uh, you know just fortunate enough that uh, that I was able to find a team uh, that uh, that is competitive and uh, have a chance so. I'm a very competitive guy, so I, I like uh, getting my competitive juices uh, flowing again, which is uh, exactly what happened this season. The home team at this year's Briar will be Team Carruthers of Manitoba. Big things were expected from this team when Mike McCune was brought in to play third, and things haven't always gone smoothly for the team, but they are coming into Brandon off impressive wins at a tour event in Arizona and at the always tough Manitoba Tankard. Reed Carruthers joined us to discuss his team season and about being the home team at this season's Briar. Reed, your team would have been the favorites heading into the provincial playdowns this year, but with the up and down season you've had, I'm wondering if your team entered the provincials with a little bit of apprehension. Yeah, we were confident going into it, but you know, I don't think there's ever been a provincial where I wasn't nervous going into it. Um, you know, maybe the first year with Jeff, I, I felt confident, being that I had Jeff and John, and I had this new team, and I was excited about playing with, you know, the veterans. But then, you know, that was. I was pretty young then, and I've, I've learned a lot since then. And you know, I, I was, we, I think we were all like a little bit nervous, but at the same time, we were we were excited about the opportunity to to go and play well and, and try to get to the briar. You lost your second game at provincials to Terry McNamee, who was ranked around 250 in the world. Did that game serve as a bit of a wake up call for your team, or did you view it simply as one of those things that happens when playing at a provincial championship when there are so many good teams and players, regardless of what their rankings may be? Well, it's a good team. They played really well, and I think uh, our team in particular, we, we didn't manage the ice conditions as well as we should have, and and I think we all probably had one of our worst games uh, in that game. You know, we're missing some routine shots, and, uh, you know, after the game was over, you know, we had our lesson there. We, uh, we had a really good team meeting, and, and I felt like we were a different team for the rest of the event. When we spoke in the offseason, you said that the main objective for this team this year was to gel with Mike from a curling perspective, and the one event you were very focused on was qualifying and playing well at the Briar. How satisfying was it to win the Manitoba Tankard against a field that is always that tough and allowing you to reach that objective for this season, which was to qualify for the Briar? Oh, yeah. There, there, was, a, there was a big sigh of relief after Mike made that final shot. Um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, you can see with, with Derek and Colin's celebration, they were awfully excited. Uh, Mike showed some excitement. So I think, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was an up and down year and it, it almost created a little bit more drama, uh, surrounding the provincials, uh, being that, you know, I guess there are some teams that thought we were ripe for the picking, but, you know, we were confident that if we played well, we'd have a decent chance to win. It's been well documented that earlier in the season, you and Mike in particular had to come to grips with the fact that you'd have to be more honest with each other when it came to curling-related matters and not be worried about hurting people's feelings because you were friends before becoming teammates. What difference has it made to the team since you got over that mental obstacle and started being more honest in curling-related discussions? Yeah, you know, like our team, it's it's been a heck of a lot of fun off the ice because we, you know, we are all really good buds and uh, I think, you know, we've been staying in a house a lot, which is a different dynamic as well because you're spending more time with uh, with your teammates and interacting and making dinner and whatnot for each other. And um, side note, that's mostly Colin because he's such a good chef. But, 
you know, when we're when we're on the ice uh, and it gets uh, gets a little bit heated, at some point, you know, you, you get a little bit nervous about hurting feelings. Whereas when you're playing with guys that, you know, uh, maybe you're not all that close with, and it's more like a business style team, uh, I think maybe you know you can be a little more open to saying things because you know, you know, it's it's about business and it's about it's about winning. So you know, we kind of. We kind of toe that line a little bit on this team, and I think uh, you know some work with sports psychologists and some good team meetings have, have helped us get to a point where uh, we're able to say some things to each other to try to get the most out of each other, and, and that's what we're trying to do, and we're trying to win. From an outsider's perspective, consistency seems to have been a problem for your team so far this season. It seems like you either win an event or don't qualify. I'm just wondering if the end results are perhaps a little deceiving in your case, or is consistency a concern for your team heading into an event that is as much of a grind as the Briar? Yeah, you know, you, you could look at it that way. To be to be honest, I, I don't really think I do, though, because like for our team, I, I knew that this season was going to be a bit of a challenge um, because we were bringing in a new player and, and, you know, we're adapting a different philosophy, a different approach to the game and and trying to figure out what our new identity is because, you know, it's still listed as Team Carruthers, but it's very much a different team than what it was, you know, even last year. Um, so, and, you know, and we're trying to do different things. So, you know, we've had flashes of playing really well, which is really all I, you know, all I could really hope for this year because, it proves that we can win with each other, and and that's the most important thing. And the developing the consistency, I think, I think is going to be something that we're going to be able to do moving forward because you know we're getting to a point of really getting used to each other, and uh, you know we're starting to develop a different strategy that works for works for this team, and I think it's it's positive for us moving forward. As I was researching the different Briar teams this season, I was surprised that your team was the only team in the field, having played more events than just a provincial, that averages fewer than seven points per game. Is creating more offense, especially when you do have the hammer, a concern at all, or is this a case of a stat not really being representative of your play this season? Yeah, and the thing is, like, stats can be skewed too because we've, you know, we've taken certain approaches in different events, like where we've tried to deliberately keep keep the scoring low and. Uh, you know, we're trying to get blank ends and, and try different approaches to each event. Uh, so I think, you know, our most recent stats are the one that I'm concerned with, like that I am most concerned with just because in concerned, uh, I guess my, I mean, I guess I'm looking at more of along the lines of uh, pay most attention to. Concern's not a good word. Uh, just because we've developed a different strategy uh, in the last couple spiels that I feel like it's, it's helped us uh, scoreboard manage, and at the end of the day, whether we win by one or we win by five, um, you know, if we're if we're able to have a win ratio, um, you know, that's probably in around the seventy percent mark, I think that's a mark of a pretty solid team. Your team has played a lot of events this season. Hindsight being twenty twenty, do you believe you may have been better served as a team to schedule more practice time together, or do you feel that playing in all those games as a unit has been a better way for your team to gel and get used to Mike, and for Mike to get used to you from an in-game perspective? Yeah, like I think our approach next year might be a little bit different. The other thing, too, that I, I think might have led to a, a little bit less practice time than what we were hoping for is the fact that we still have to play... Uh, mixed doubles, uh, you know, it's one of those things that we still really love to play, but, you know, Colin and I were both uh, mixed doubles carded athletes, so we have a minimum amount of tour events that we need to play during the season, 
So it meant for a really busy fall, and uh, unfortunately with uh, the travel schedule, we had a lot of days away, and uh, probably a little, um, little less practice time as a team is what we probably were to have hoped for. Um, so for next year, if, if you know if we are still playing mixed doubles, I think I think we definitely would have to play a few less men's events and get some more solid uh, team practices in. Uh, but we've been doing that more recently uh, in January moving forward, and, and I think the results are starting to come. And finally, Reed, on paper, your team should be one of the favorites at this year's Briar, especially since you're the home team. But considering the struggles you've had with your consistency this season, is there a mindset going into Brandon simply to play well, qualify for the championship round, and then hopefully make a run at the playoffs? Or is this a make-the-playoffs-or-bust type event for your team? You know, I, I, I don't really focus at all on, on the year we've had, uh, and it wouldn't really change the approach to, to what I'm looking forward to, which is, you know, the Briar, we're playing in Brandon, and I know with the talent on this team that we have the potential, if we play well, to definitely make the playoffs and even win this thing. So for us, uh, you know, it's hometown. I saw what uh, Gushu was able to do in Newfoundland. He set off the crowd. Obviously, at first, it looked like he needed to get used to it because there was a lot more energy uh, that he was uh, getting from outside sources is probably what he's used to. Uh, so for us, uh, I think we just got to enjoy the moment. Uh, it's not very often you get to play in a, in a briar in your, in your home province. And for two of us, it's two guys that have lived in Brandon and or are living there. So, uh, you know, we are going to have the crowd behind us. And, and, you know, we have to try to harness that energy into something that's positive and just try to enjoy the moment. You know, it's uh, we're going to live it up and, and see where it takes us. It's been a season of highs and lows for Team Jacobs of Northern Ontario. They have won both a Grand Slam title and the Canada Cup, but also had to deal with an incident that led to Ryan Fry taking some time away from the team. EJ Harnden, the second for Team Jacobs, joined from the hack for our Briar preview. EJ, not unlike Brad Goosh, whose team in Newfoundland Labrador, your team has been dominant at the Northern Ontario Playdowns for quite a few years now. How mindful do you have to be heading to provincials about making sure that you don't lose focus, despite the fact that most of the teams there are typically ranked outside of the top 100 in the world, often much lower ranked than that even. The reality being that if you get complacent against any team, regardless of their ranking, because they may not be ranked highly, but some awfully good players in Northern Ontario, you open yourself up to an upset. Yeah, I think you kind of just answered that with uh, your last statement there. I mean, <clears throat> the, the one thing is, is, is uh, well, regardless of what other people think or um, and, and their you know perception of, of what the competition is like in, in Northern Ontario, we have a pretty good idea of, of what it's like because uh, we, we play out in Northern Ontario and we compete against these teams year in, year out, and, and we know that there are some really good teams, and, and the teams are definitely um, at a level where if we don't play well, you know, we bring our, our B game uh, that we will, will we will be beaten, and, and that has happened over the last number of years where if you look at last year, I think we lost um, two games. Uh, the year before that, I think we lost the game. And, and if you use last year as a good example, we, we had a winner last round robin game. We had a winner at tiebreaker. We won the semifinal, and then we won the final. So we're pretty uh, – uh, we have a pretty good indication of um, – what it's like and, and the level that we need to compete at, uh, and uh, and that's no different than uh, the same level that we want to compete at and, and the same type of game that we want to bring to the Briar. So for us, it's um, 
Yeah, we treat it just like uh, a briar. Uh, we know that it's never going to be a cakewalk. We know we're always going to be pushed, and we know that every single team that's at that provincial, whether they win and represent Northern Ontario at the briar, their main goal is to beat us. Uh, win or lose the provincial, they just, they just want to beat our team. And, and so every single game that we play, we know we're going to get their best. Uh, so we, need, we know that we have to bring our best as well. Your team had a solid start to your season. Then you hit a roadblock at the Masters Grand Slam where you went winless and you seemed frustrated on the ice as a team. What did your team do off the ice to turn the page after that event? Because your next time out, you actually won the Tour Challenge in Thunder Bay. That event obviously uh, wasn't uh, wasn't our best. I believe we went 0-4 in that event. Um, and probably I don't know the last time that we ever went 0-4 in any event. So And, and the thing was is, um, if there's any consolation, if there's taking consolation out of going 0-4, it would, we, we probably should have won every single game. Um, we are in uh, control of the majority of those games, or, or definitely in those games, um, you know, just little mistakes here and there. And um, That's the level of play uh, that we're at right now, especially in the Grand Slams. It doesn't matter whether you're playing Brad Guzhu, Kevin Curry, or anyone else. Uh, every, everyone's going to test you, and everyone's going to bring their best. And so... I mean, I think at that point in, in the year, there was some small things uh, that were starting to creep in um, that were kind of, you know, starting to hinder us uh, in terms of being at the level that we wanted to be at. That event uh, really forced us to make sure that we had, you know, some pro- probably some pretty tough conversations um, as a team and, and be able to kind of um, bring to some of those small things to the forefront uh, so that we're going to ensure that they were fixed uh, for the next event because obviously we, you know, we want to perform well, but we definitely don't want to be going uh, uh, 0-4 in events and we definitely don't want to be uh, missing the playoffs and not giving ourselves a uh, chance uh, to win. So that uh, forced us to have some really good conversations with the four of us. We had some really good conversations with Adam Kingsbury and the five of us uh, before we left for Thunder Bay. We had um, a good three-hour conversation as a team as soon as we arrived in Thunder Bay, and um, and it, it showed, and we were able to come out and, and play really well and, and win uh, a Grand Slam after uh, a disappointing event. So I think it was it was really good. It kind of showed the um, uh, the ability of, of our team to be able to bounce back, put things in the background, but also the ability for our team to, to learn from um, from our losses and, and from some you know events that obviously didn't go our way, so that I think that was an important um, part of of this season and, and something that I think we're all glad that we we did go through because we used it in a great way to, to make ourselves better. So I don't want to delve too much into the situation that led to Ryan Fry taking some time away from the team after an incident at an event in Red Deer where he was substituting for another team. But I'd like to touch on the resiliency your team showed in dealing with that situation and being able to go to an important event like the Canada Cup a few weeks later and win there with Mark Kennedy subbing in for Ryan Fry on the team that week. Yeah, I think all of us were extremely happy. I, I would be lying if I didn't say you know, the, the weeks leading up to that event were, were really tough. Uh, mentally, um, in terms of obviously what we had to kind of go through and, and deal with, and um, but uh, uh, I, I thought we did uh, an amazing job of of really kind of putting the focus and uh, on the ice, um, putting the focus, you know, on on each other. Um, that included uh, Ryan uh, and, and having good conversations with him, even though he wasn't with us and supporting him. Uh, as best we could and, and as a team and, and as friends and, and Ryan doing the same thing with, with us. So I, I think we handled it um, really, really well. I, I, I think it goes 
to uh, how close we are as, as teammates and, and uh, as friends. And so as tough as it was, I think we all utilized one another um, to, to try to deal with it again as best we can and, and be able to get through it uh, in, in a positive way. Uh, and then I think when we got to the Canada Cup and, and being there, we uh, we tried to focus, I think, even more than potentially we, we normally would. I mean, we always want to give everything that we have to every single game and every single event. But I think because of what we are kind of going through in the weeks leading up to a, yeah, up to the Canada Cup, that actually made us a little bit more hyper-focused, um, maybe zone in a little bit more than, than we typically would, and, and it allowed us to, to put some great performances in on the ice and kind of use that almost as an escape, right? Um, from from what uh, we had been kind of going through those those weeks leading up to it, so I, I think we did an amazing job. I think we we're all proud of it, um, and we kind of just were able to utilize that event as, as a little bit of escape, and and it uh, allowed us to, to come out with uh, with a big win and um, and enjoy ourselves and have some fun and kind of get back to what we all wanted to get back to, which was just get back on the ice and throw. You mentioned Adam Kingsbury a little earlier. Can you share what Adam has brought to your team and how he has impacted the team both on and off the ice? Adam has been uh, extremely beneficial for our team. And one of the conversations that we had with Adam when uh, when we were um, looking at the possibility of, of him coming on board and, and, and helping us and, and coaching us was we wanted to have someone that was going to be um, fully transparent with us, someone that was going to hold us accountable, uh, someone that was going to call us out when we needed to be called out, and uh, someone that was going to be able to have those hard conversations with us. Um, not to say that we need to have those all the time, but because we are so close, you know, you have three family members and five, um, like a best friend, and, and it feels like family, uh, you would think sometimes it's, it's easy to have those conversations. It is, but sometimes it's, it's also a little bit harder um, because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings or um, you are so close and there's a little bit more involved. So Adam's done a really, really good job of, obviously he's a true professional. He knows how to position things well and, and articulate things so it doesn't feel like anyone's being, you know, um, singled out or, or that sort of thing. But he's done a really, really, really good job of forcing us to have uh, the conversations that we need to have. Uh, he's done a really good job of, of um Helping us kind of take some of the things that maybe we shouldn't put in, we shouldn't be putting our time and, and attention into, and um, being able to kind of push those things out and, and focus in on what uh, what matters and and what uh, is it within our control. Um, and he's just really, uh, I think, both uh, you know from a athletic perspective and a personal perspective, he's he's forced us to look at things differently. I think he's definitely allowed um, all of us to grow. Uh, individually as as well as a team and and we're having a lot of fun with Adam. Uh, I think he's someone that fits in really well um, with our team uh, as well. I mean obviously being a coach um, and trying to help us he, you know he has a job to do but uh, you know when when that's all done uh, we have a lot of fun with him as well so he's been he's been a, a big part of, of I would say our team kind of being able to come bounce back for for you know what I would call maybe a few, disappointing years yeah we've we've won a few events and we've got to the briar um but i'm not sure i think well i think i can speak for all of us when i when i say you know we we know that we have a little bit more in us and we feel like we um can play at a little bit higher level than what we've been playing at the last couple of years and i think we've shown that definitely at, at parts um throughout the season and and i would attribute a, a lot of that uh, to adam and what he's brought to our team um 
both from a chemistry perspective, uh, but also from a, a mental perspective in, in terms of how we approach approach yeah, the game, how we approach practice, and um, just approach kind of life in general. Um, again, both individually and, and collectively as a team. So he's he's been uh, an awesome addition to our team this year. I think it's fair to say that earlier in your career, in that period when you won the Briar, the Olympic trials, and then Olympic gold, your team showed a lot of intensity and exuberance on the ice, and some people said you played with an edge. That seemed to change a little bit as you've gotten older, got married, had kids, but I get a sense from watching you this season that a little bit of that edge is back. Is that something you've been working on with Adam in an effort to bring you back to a mindset more closely aligned to when you had the most success in your career? Yeah, I, I definitely think um, that's something that we've we've tried to make a priority and, and a focus of over the last couple of years. Because to your point, you know, when we're at our best, it's basically just teetering in on that line of you know a little bit too much excitement, um, and that's where we need to be at, uh, where we need to be at uh, as a team and, and as individuals. That's just who we are. It's it's authentic. It's you know not scripted or not made up. That's just kind of what uh, you know what we need and we're all similar in that way um, to be at our very best and but I mean over the last couple of years too I think we've been figuring you know that out because sometimes as I mentioned when we're on that line we go a little bit too far and then and, and that in itself ends up hindering our team um, and a lot of times we can kind of self-implode and, and beat ourselves and um, we know our team our our competitors uh, can see that and, and sense that and, and we know that they're looking uh, to try to make that happen. Um, so I, I think you know, what you've seen over the last couple of years is us trying to really hone in on um, a better balance of being able to have that intensity, have that emotion, um, but know how to harness it a little bit better and, and a little bit more consistently. Um, and uh, and that goes along with wanting to be a better teammate as well because you don't want it to come out in, in a negative way that can impact others um, on your team. So. I think, you know, that's kind of long-winded, but I think what you've seen over the last couple of years is, is us try to uh, kind of, like I said, uh, in, uh, harness that, that intensity, have it there, um, but be able to know how to kind of manage it a little bit better. I think you're starting to see that come out a little bit more. I know there's lots of shots, for example. It seems to be on Brad shots, you know, because there's, there's a big shot to either win a game or make a big shot to, to, to break a game open or that sort of thing. I, if I can use one as an example this year, it was against John Epping in the uh, Canada Cup, and Brad made a beauty in off uh, double for us to win the game and solidify our, our, um, our place in, in the Canada Cup final. And I remember when Brad was in the hack kind of, you know, going through his pre-shot routine, I was just thinking, I hope he makes this because I, like, I, I was just tingling. I just want to let this emotion out, you know. And uh, and we look forward to those moments uh, because that's what it's all about. We're out there to have a good time. We love the sport. We love the competition. Uh, we're competitive. We kind of, as you mentioned, we kind of wear our emotions on our, on our sleeves. And I think we've done a really good job over the last couple of years starting to kind of be able to hone that, um, use it to our advantage uh, rather than it hinder us. Um, and, and I think you're, you're seeing us getting very close to um, where we want to be, and, and hopefully that uh, all comes together for the Briar in, in a week's time. And finally, EJ, in the old format of the Briar, you sometimes got some free skates late in the round robin when playing teams that were already eliminated. But now, because of the championship round, your last four games tend to be really tough. Has that changed the way your team is preparing for the Briar this year after experiencing a new format for the first time last year? Yeah, no, I don't think it's really changed our approach. I mean, if I go back to Adam 
kind of Kingsbury and what he's added to our team. I think that's one of the things that he's and, and it goes to a few that you know you are expecting as well as intensity and, and kind of the energy level that we bring. He, you know, he talks about it a lot at the provincials, and he wanted to use the provincials as a benchmark going into the Briar, assuming that we qualified. Um, and, and just our focus in, in on our kind of being able to um, uh, manage our emotions and, and be able to kind of uh, conserve energy uh, throughout the week. Um, because every, as you mentioned, every single game is big. Every single team is extremely strong. Um, and so just being able to get in games when you're up a little bit um, or, you know, just, you know, if you don't, don't get too high, don't get too low, but the importance of conserving the energy so that we have the amount uh, that we need and, and be at the uh, feel fresh and, and, and um, feel energized for hopefully at the end of the week when we, when we really, really need it and we're going to be in some really tough games some important games. We hope to be in some important games at the end of the week. Um, and that's when, you know, you'll start to see maybe a few people tire, uh, a few mental mistakes, uh, maybe a few technical mistakes just because of uh, energy levels being a little bit low uh, and, uh, and the long week taking a toll on you, especially, you know, for my, my brother and I, um, you know, sleeping and that sort of thing. So I, th- I think Adam's done a really good job of making sure that um, I, again, those little things that we're focusing in on, which would, you know, conserving energy, making sure that we're approaching the week the right way, we're getting, you know, enough hydration and good nutrition, and, you know, again, going into the briar, those are certain things that we are focusing in on, and, you know, how, you know, based on our schedule, how are we going to feed ourselves, uh, how are we going to, you know, rest, um, looking at all of that uh, so that we uh, we aren't taking uh, a huge toll on ourselves unnecessary kind of toll on ourselves throughout the week and, and hoping that we have that same energy level at the, at the end as, as we do at the beginning. Team Myers of Saskatchewan qualified for the Briar in their first season together, which puts them a little ahead of schedule. Kirk and Dallin Myers both have experience at the Briar, but Kirk will be skipping for the first time at the National Championship, and he joined us to discuss what he expects from this year's Briar. Kirk, you had won several provincial championships uh, heading into this year's uh, provincial playdowns, but never as a skip. How did it feel to be in the hack and make that shot to the forefoot to earn your spot in this year's Briar? Oh, it was it was cool. I, uh, um, you know, it, as I was going through that shot, um, there's there's added pressure for sure, but it didn't necessarily feel much different than than a lot of other shots I've played, made this year for the win. But um, as soon as that rock came to rest, um, that was that was an exciting time for me. It was. Uh, um, you never forget your first briar, which was back in 2014 for myself playing third for Steve. And, um, but this one is a close second, I think. It was pretty neat to be able to kind of lead a team to there and make that big shot for the win. That was uh, an amazing experience and one that I won't forget anytime soon. And hopefully I get lots more chances to make shots like that for big games. We'll get back to the briar in a moment, but I want to, to chat with you about your first season as a skip at the elite level. What has been more difficult than you thought it would be as a skip on the World Curling Tour? And what were you perhaps concerned about heading into this season that turned out to be easier than you expected? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think the, the biggest one was kind of understanding that uh, the, the, the toughest transition for me was understanding that I'm the leader out there. You know, I've spent, I've spent my whole career kind of being the caddy for other skips, you know, since I was 15 years old, and I was always kind of the guy... Bringing, bringing the skip along and making sure they're they're in the right headspace, but it kind of transitioned where now I was that skip. You know, I was the leader. I had three other guys that were catting me along, and my job was to lead that group. And, and it was it took me a little while to understand kind of my role had changed and what my role was. And uh, um, so that was probably the toughest transition that I didn't I didn't expect. I guess I didn't know that that was going to be 
um, something that I had to really work on. And um, that was the toughest kind of, um, or the, maybe not the toughest, but the biggest realization that, that my role on that ice has changed. And now it's, it's my team. It's my job to lead that group. And, uh, um, and I think maybe the other one, I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure what it was going to be like to throw that last shot. I knew, I knew it was going to be a whole different ball game, whole whole new added pressure and that sort of thing. But I didn't necessarily know what to expect or how I was going to deal with that. And um, I really enjoyed that aspect. I really enjoyed kind of sitting in the hack where it all rides on me, and it all it all matters what I do out there because you either win it or you lose it for the team. And I wasn't sure what to expect there. And and quite frankly, I'm enjoying that aspect. I'm enjoying the 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 nerves fluttering in my stomach and the heart beating a little faster when when the game's on the line. So um, that was uh, that was a welcome welcome feeling for sure. One of the advantages of having Briar experience is that you realize that you will need to step it up a notch once you get to the big event. And we hear that from a lot of athletes in different sports, including curling. What does stepping it up a notch mean from a curling perspective at the Briar for your team? You know, I think. Um, you know, Dallin and I, we have, we have lots of experience on kind of how long the week is and what to expect there, but uh, the Marsh boys are new to this, and I just sent an email this morning to the guys, and really just kind of saying, you know, we really need to stick to what we do best and, and focus on that. We we don't need to be a different team than we were all season. We just need to keep building on the things that we do well and uh, and, and really kind of don't get distracted by the big TV lights and, and wearing the green jacket and all the, the perceived expectations you have you know, when you're representing your province of the Briar, uh, maybe even Saskatchewan a little more that hasn't won one in 39 years, you know, we're going to play, we're going to play hard, we're going to play our game and stick to our guns and just be better at what we do best um, and, and really focus on that, not trying to, you know, be something we're not when we're out, when we're out playing in, uh, in Brandon there. We're just going to stick to what we do best and really commit to that, which, which is easier said than done, quite frankly, because like you said, there's, there's uh, more expectations, there's more media, there's, um, you know, better teams perceived at the Briar, like you said. But I think if we continue to do what we do well, which is a really hard task, a lot harder than you think, um, we'll be sitting pretty good by the end of the week. You and your brother, Dallin, have experience at the Briar. Meanwhile, the March brothers, who are playing the third and the second position on your team, have never been. How have you approached trying to get them ready for the Briar, which is a different animal than any other event they will have played in, with all of the distractions and obligations that come with being at the Briar, which can mess with an athlete's typical routine, especially in between games? Uh, you know, we, we, we haven't talked about it much. We were meeting this week a few times to discuss that, but, but when we have touched on it, it's really, uh, I think uh, Pat Simmons had said it to us a few years ago even uh, um, you know, just enjoy that stuff. You know, yeah, we don't get that elsewhere in our life. We're not celebrities when we go back home and go back to our day jobs. Um, so really, it's it's not uh, shying away from that stuff. It's kind of just accepting it and enjoying it. Enjoy being uh, in the up close and personal. Enjoy doing interviews. Enjoy signing the autographs. Enjoy all that extra stuff because it doesn't come around very often. So I think if you can if you can find a way to enjoy those things, and that's what we're going to talk to the boys about, it becomes less taxing and less tiring than when you think, oh, geez, I shouldn't be doing this, or this is tiring, or, or this isn't much fun. You know, you have to find a way to enjoy those things because they're just a part of it, and you, you don't want to use kind of your energy to, to think it's not um, not helping you, you know. So um, when we sit down, we're going to talk with the guys about that and, and just kind of prepare them in that sense because, like you said, there are so many more expectations than a normal bond field in terms of what you're – what you what you need to do and um when you get on the ice like you said it's one thing but when you are doing all those other things you really have to realize that they are going to be there but don't shy away from them just enjoy it and enjoy that whole experience because uh who knows if you ever get the chance again 
As you mentioned briefly earlier, Saskatchewan is a curling mad province. It has now been 39 years since a team from Saskatchewan has won the Briar. Does that put any additional pressure on her team going into the event, or does it simply provide some added motivation to be the team to put an end to that streak? You know, I think we want to be the team to put the end to that streak. That's that's like a given. I mean, that would be so cool to be kind of be etched in history as the team that put a 39-year uh, drought for Saskatchewan at the Briar to end because, I mean, Saskatchewan curling is so huge. Everyone loves it, and everyone loves the Briar. But um, I, I don't know if it adds a whole bunch of extra pressure. It's been so long, the pressure is almost gone. Like, um, you know, it, it just doesn't seem real to even do it for the average fan anymore. So I think at this point, we just have to go in there, play, and uh, play hard, and then maybe we get to end that drought. And uh, But I don't believe there's a whole bunch of expectation to do it. Um, but it sure would be sure would be a, a fun fun to be the team that does it. So um, I... I you know, maybe my first couple of briars, I viewed it as we're expected to win this thing. Um, now it's like, sure, we're going to be there. We're going to be there at the end of the week. And we might win it, and that'd be pretty cool. But uh, as we know, it's uh, it's one of the hardest events in the world to win. So um, I think we're just going to go out there, enjoy it, and hopefully we're the team to bring that uh, briar trophy back. And finally, uh, Kirk, you're one of the players at this year's briar that will have experience in the two-pool format, having played with that format when it was first introduced last year at the briar. Is that going to give you any kind of advantage over other teams that perhaps will be playing this format for the first time? I know from hearing from different players that it certainly has put an end to the idea that you might get a few free skates late in the event when playing against teams that have been eliminated, because if and when you get to the championship round, you're playing against teams that are actually vying for the playoffs, and every Every game is important. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you play about the same amount of games. But, but like you said, it, the championship pool becomes that much harder because they're the best teams from the other pool. So sometimes in the old format, if you'd lose two or three games early, well, those might have been the best teams in the competition, so you can rattle off some wins. Well, that's not the case anymore. So um, I, I think I don't know if it gives us a huge advantage because we've been through it. I, I think we know what to expect. I think we know we have to come out strong. But, I mean, you plan that, and no matter what event you're playing, you plan to come out strong. So I think it's just a matter of realizing that we have to come out strong, win win as many games as we can, and, and then hopefully we'll be there at the end of the week. And um, I'd like to say it gives us a little advantage, but realistically I think it's just a matter of uh, going out there and playing hard. Everyone realizes uh, what's on the line. The only other team to likely make a push for the championship round out of Pool B is likely to be Quebec, skipped by Martin Kreit, who is joined by two other former members of Team Menard, who were staples at the Briar for several years, including winning the championship in 2006. Newfoundland and Labrador will be represented by Andrew Simons, who won the Travelers Curling Club Championship back in 2015. The final two teams in Pool B are John Likely of PEI and John Solberg of UConn, who have played in no other events this season but their provincial or territorial playdown. It is safe to expect that Northern Ontario, Manitoba, and the wildcard team, regardless of who that might be, will qualify for the championship round. The fourth spot is likely to go to Saskatchewan, although it would not be a surprise to see Quebec earn that fourth spot. Join us tomorrow for part two of our preview where we will focus on Pool A, including interviews with Kevin Cooey, Brett Gallant, Jim Carter, Stu Thompson, Scott McDonald, and Jamie Cooper. I'm Frank Rock, and this is From the Hack.